And welcome back to another episode of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Mamer. And with me is, uh, and I can definitely use your real name. Yeah, you can use my real name, Carl. In fact, you know, I've been on your show before, so I'm like a repeat customer. Yes, exactly. That would be, uh, if you remember that voice from long time ago, a podcast called Dogma Free America. It's uh, Rich Orman. Yes, Carl, it's, it is me, although I, I have a new podcast out there. If people want to go listen to it, it's called Supreme Court Briefing. You can just go to SupremeCourtBriefing.com or uh, on iTunes, Supreme Court Briefing. I'd appreciate it if people gave it a listen. I'm, I got a plug, Carl. It's all about the plug. No, but, I mean, feel free to keep you know dro- dropping the mention of your, I, your your new podcast. But I uh, think I will. I think I'll just keep plugging away. All right, but before we get into you know, conspiracies and your, your new podcast, so, so a little bit a little bit of history. So first of all, you were on my podcast, gosh, years ago, uh, and uh, you, you did the uh, very yeah, actually really fun one, very popular was the. Uh, uh, the De- Denver Airport conspiracy. Yes, this conspiracy is about the Denver International Airport. Yeah, th- those never get old. No, yes, and that was that was that was fascinating, and and it was kind of like you came on, did that podcast, and then like a couple months later, suddenly everybody was talking about this lunacy, and uh, so you're you're kind of you were kind of on the cutting edge. You know, that's me, cutting edge, trendsetter. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm all about. And you, you actually live in uh, the state of Colorado, correct? I do. I live in beautiful Aurora, Colorado. Oh, and yes. uh, that's that's why you asked me on the show to talk about that. Yes, yes. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, right. So, and and you you had a podcast called Dogma Free America. It was a long time ago. I had a podcast called Dogma Free America. Yeah. Then I had a podcast called uh, Supreme Court, United States Supreme Court Review. And uh, then uh, what we're going to talk about happened, and I thought I should sort of go, go away from the internet for a while, and I pretty much disappeared, uh, scrubbed that podcast because I knew anything I said would be used against me in a court of law. Yes. Exactly. And uh, so, but now that now that I'm sort of free of that again, I, I've started this new podcast. Someone in the meantime took the name United States Supreme Court Review, so I can't okay. use that anymore. Okay. So the new podcast is Supreme Court Briefing. Supreme and, Court Briefing. And, oh. Yeah, Supreme Court Briefing. I've got three episodes out, uh, and we're going to be doing one a week, and uh, people give it a try. Great. Okay. And and you are a, you are a, a, a prosecutor? or a, a... I am. I'm a, I, I work at the district attorney's office in Arapahoe County, Colorado, although anything I say is my own personal uh, a statement. Uh, this is not official or anything like that. Oh. So, yeah, I, I, I am a, a deputy district attorney in Colorado, which also means I'm a lawyer. Okay, I don't know you are a lawyer. Yes, okay, and uh, and one of the reasons you kind of dis, you, I think you're talking about Free America. You ended at podcast one ninety nine. I, I think I did two hundred. I thought I did two hundred. I, I never, I never got episode two hundred. You're, you're talking about you, the big special guest you're going to have for two hundred. You know, Carl. Uh-huh. Let me look at my archives. <laughs> I've got some archives saved away somewhere. Let me look at my archives and see if I can I can send it to you. Okay, all right. But I, it makes a much cooler story that you you ended at podcast one ninety nine. I'm pretty sure we did two hundred. I'm pretty sure we did. All right, but uh, but uh, make somewhat of a major case came up, and you had to kind of, as you said, um, 
remove yourself from podcasting and a lot of social media because it might be used against you because? Well, well, because it was just a major high-profile case, probably the, I don't know, the largest high-profile criminal case in the United States in the last three years, maybe maybe even longer than that, and it was July 20th of 2012, and uh, as I said, I'm in Aurora, Colorado, and we uh, I woke up and uh, saw the news about the shooting in the theater, and uh, I hadn't, no one had called me in the middle of the night or anything like that. Right, I, right. I woke up, and... Um, you know, by noon that day, I was sort of on the case, and I was that was at, throughout the next three years and throughout the trial, I was one of the the DAs, one of the prosecutors on the Aurora Theater shooting case. Right. Yes. Yes. And uh, I mean, if you were sort of following the news, like I mean, your name popped up quite a lot in the uh, in 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 the news coverage. It did. I wasn't very happy about that. You know, it, it's 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 not all that great having your job where it's it's national news day in day out, month in month out. But, you know, I I, I guess that's that them's the breaks when wow. you when you have a job like this. Okay. And and, and what, what was the name of the Colorado shooter? You know, I don't use his name. You really? Uh, I don't use his name. And you know, people made made something about that that we never used his name or very rarely. But I will say. Every person I've ever prosecuted when I'm in trial has the same name. Their first name, their given name is the. Okay. Their last name, their family name is defendant. Okay. So everybody I've ever done a trial against is the defendant, and that's the only name they have. Okay. But this particular person, I don't use his name because, um, well, I, I just, I, I don't want to, well, it, it's, he's such a despicable human being, and he committed such a despicable crime that he's not worthy of his name being spoken. So I just call him the defendant. All right. Okay. And uh, and uh, I, I guess being um, you know your name in the press and stuff like that, I'm, I'm sure you got your share of uh, you know people came out of the woodwork with their their own theories about the, about the case. Well, not so much me. Um, you know, frankly, I, I was kind of surprised. I thought that I would be harassed and stuff like that online. That didn't really happen. Really? Well, okay. I thought people might come to my house. I even had, like, the sheriff come out and sort of do a security <laughs> security thing on my house. And they said, you need to do this. You need to cut down that tree. Someone could be hiding out back there. Wow. So, yeah, you know. I, but, you know, nothing ever happened about that. But, yeah, there there were a lot of people out there and and when you you know you really see this when you're involved in something personally like i was involved in this trial and this prosecution personally you see that there's all of this conspiracy stuff that happens whenever you have anything like this so i was sort of uh, in the middle of this large event where you had all of these and i'm just going to go out on a limb here carl mm-hmm. and say mentally ill mentally unstable people mm-hmm. who spin all of these conspiracy theories and and you know I'd, I'd like to think that they're just doing this for fun and they don't really believe it and maybe that's true for a small minority but i think most of the people spinning these conspiracy theories really believe it wow. and i i think that it is a manifestation i'm i'm firmly convinced that you know having been through this that people that subscribe to these conspiracy theories, put out these conspiracy theories. It's really a form of mental illness. And, um, and, and, and some of the things, it's just so vile and so disgusting and so reprehensible. And, and some of the, you know, the, the, the harassment that these conspiracy theorists did of the families of our victims, right, right, which, yes. which was a real thing. Um, it, you know, it was just so over the top that, you know, for me, 
you know, the, the, these conspiracy theories aren't some kind of fun thing to laugh at anymore. They're just a real vile phenomenon that is a cancer on society. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, from, you know, the the safety of my little suburban place up here in Canada, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I, I find these things just amusing. But, uh, I mean, you were kind of in the middle of, you know, uh, you know, it and, and I guess saw the, the effects on, on, on real people, right? People who, you know, victims and, and I guess you know, as these things kind of go, it's the, uh, you know, what are the, this term crisis actor or something seems to be yeah. the, you know, that the, these people are, you know, are just paid actors and they're there. Well, so that was, you know, there was about four or five conspiracy theories out there that people had and some of them sort of meld together. Some of them are separate, and you see them mostly in, like, some people could put, there was a movie that someone put out, like, within a week on oh, YouTube that was oh, an hour and a half long that I was in. Looser um, Change? I can't, I can't even remember what it was called. <laughs> I th- and, um, but, like, you know, w- w- early on in the case, um, one of the things you do as a prosecutor is you visit the crime scene. You visit all the crime scenes. Mm-hmm. So you just do, in any murder case, if you can, you visit the crime scene. You, you want to you wanna understand it. So I went to the defendant's apartment with my colleagues, and when I was there, someone had someone from the media had rented an apartment across the, the parking lot. Oh, dear. And so they were recording us through the windows of this apartment as we were sort of poking and looking around. Right. So that video or photo, I can't remember which, of me in the apartment was part of some conspiracy theory movie some guy made. Right. So they showed up on YouTube. There were probably a, there were a bunch on YouTube. They showed up on Twitter. They showed up on blogs that these conspiracy theorists put up. They showed up a lot on comments about the case on newspaper stories and, you know, TV station stories on on their websites. So they showed up in all of these different places and and then some of them showed up with um, actual there were really two guys that were doing this, two main guys. Uh, and one of them at least went to jail um, that started contacting the families of our victims. Wow. And I don't know how he found their information, but uh, started doing things like telling them that their loved one, their child was never killed. Mm-hmm. You know, that it was an actor, that it was a, you know, a, a, a doll or something like right, that. Right. You know, that It never happened, that it was all made up and kept contacting these uh, victims over and over and over again. And, you know, why would someone do this? You know, why, why would someone have such a fixed false belief? You know, I don't think there's anything that we could do to convince that person otherwise. Um, I really think that this conspiracy theory that that these people had rises to the level, at least for this guy, the people that were con- contacting our victims, rises to the level of a of a delusion, of a, a delusion that you would find in in, in psychiatry. I mean, I, I don't know that there's anything else for it. And I think many of the conspiracies. I mean, this is sort of an epiphany I came to in this case, mm-hmm. is that many of the conspiracy theories that people have out there really are delusions. That they are the same thing that a psychiatrist would diagnose as a psychotic delusion if you were in psychotherapy. Right, right. So you know, so you know that was one of the 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 most painful ones for our victims, was that people would claim that uh, it it never happened that their loved ones that who knows what their thoughts were happened to them. Conspiracy theory number one. Right. I was going to say, were 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 they warned in advance that this was going to happen that these people 
were going to sort of come out of the woodwork and, and, and tell them no, this stuff? No, they or? just sort of, a, well, after a while they were because we sort of knew that, uh, you know, <laughs> this, these people were sort of going around the circuit. But, um, you know, that was also at the time where we were trying to put a stop to it. So okay. uh, at, at some level, when you do something like this, it's, it's criminal harassment. Right, yes. And so the police will get involved and, 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 and stop it. And, and that happened. But, you know, you had two sort of guys that were doing this. And that was sort of their gig, that this never happened. Then you had the uh, people that wanted to have a connection to... Have you heard of the... Uh, there was a program that the CIA had in the 50s up to, I think, 1973 it stopped, called MK Ultra. Right, it was kind of and, a, uh, a mind control or, yeah, or, or pur- mind- purported to be mind control. Right, well, it's sometimes called that. And it was a real thing. You know, MKUltra was a real thing, although there's not a lot of documents about it. There's a lot of speculation about it. It ended in 1973, so it ended a long time ago. Right. And almost, you know, like, what, 45 years ago it ended. And a lot of people in this sort of conspiracy world seem to think that this was just a continuation of that old you know, CIA program, MK Ultra, and that that the the criminal in our case, the defendant in our case, had somehow been the victim of this. Now, why someone would want to do that, I, I don't know. You know, why someone would want to um, <laughs> to kill a bunch of people, why the government would want to do that, it really it makes very little sense. But then you sort of have a related theory that people came up with. Which, and, and again, some of these morph in with each other, depending on which conspiracy nut you're talking about, right? So, of uh, a false flag operation. Yes, and, yes. I mean, I, I don't know if there's ever really been a real false flag operation, but uh, looking it up on Wikipedia, which I did when, when, when people started talking about it, I guess it's something in the intelligence community where you want them to them to think that it was like the you know, the other side did it. And yeah. I, I guess the best example would be there was a James Bond movie. I think it was called Octopussy, okay. where um, the a idea classic. was that the Russia yeah, classic, the Russians would arrange for an atomic bomb to blow up, like on a U.S. Uh, Air Force base in Germany, so that the the Germans would think that the it was an American bomb that blew up. So I mean that you know sort of along those lines, you know, and why someone would want to do a false flag is you know I don't know you know. Uh, again, this is just a, a, a conspiracy theory that people had. A lot of these conspiracy theories uh, came down to people thinking that it was somehow all orchestrated to take away guns, mm-hmm. to create some type of groundswell that would allow for uh, better gun control and, or you know, more strict gun control or even you know, taking away confiscation of firearms. In the United States, of course, that that didn't happen. Although in Colorado, they did pass uh, a law that limited the size of of uh, magazines mm-hmm. for rifles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, of course, that that's never happened in the United States following any mass shooting. Right. Yet every time we have a mass shooting, people come out of the woodwork with these asinine conspiracy theories, saying that this is all done to take away the guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's a fixed false belief they have. Because you look at it, that's never happened after any of these mass shootings in the United States. Yet you you can't convince these people that believe in the conspiracies. You cannot convince them otherwise. It, it's a fixed false belief. It's a delusion that they have, and and they are really mentally ill, sick people. Wow. 
Now, the the Colorado shooting, if I recall, that that happened before like, the Boston bombing and, and, and Newton, right? The, the, the massacre. Newtown. I'm sorry, uh, Newtown, the, the massacre. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm trying to remember the date on Newtown. Uh, I think that was afterwards. And, in fact, I believe that the Newtown guy made reference to our shooter on his computer. The Boston bombing happened afterwards. No connection there. I mean, it's pretty clear from what I was able to discern, although I was in I was in the middle of a trial when the Boston bombing trial happened, that that was a politically motivated uh, uh, thing. But yeah, so you have all. And then, you know, while we had the thing in, um, what was it, like Tennessee, where the guy went into the movie theater there while mm-hmm. trial was going on and, and, you know, he got killed by the police. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you have these things happen from time to time. At, at some point, it's just an unfortunate fact of modern society in the United States. It's almost like the background noise is that every once in a while you have one of these things happen. Um, I don't have an explanation as to why, but I can tell you right. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy. And, um, you know, it, another interesting thing that I noticed in this is that you have people on the Internet, even non-conspiracy theorists, just people out there commenting about things with absolute certainty when it's wrong and i know it's wrong because i'm involved in it and i see so many people out there on twitter on comments on blogs on comments on newspaper websites commenting about our case with absolute certainty without any doubt and it has no basis in reality whatsoever and it's completely contrary to what reality is and again that's just a, a fact of modern life let me give you an example sure let me give you an example. This is a minor example, but it, I've seen this reported in legitimate news organizations, I think even in the New York Times, where uh, there was numerous reports, and even up to last month reports, that the defendant, that you know, this, the, the shooting happened at the premiere of a Batman movie, mm-hmm. and the defendant had red hair, and that the defendant had said to someone, I am the Joker, right? Did you hear that? Had you read that? Uh, maybe. Yeah. So, but this was, for certain, I mean, with absolute certainty, repeated mm-hmm. in many different places, and, and by the legitimate media, mm-hmm. it never happened. Right. It never happened. He never said that. He had no connection to the Joker, whatsoever. And but it's it's it is to many people out there a fact, and that's just a benign fact, right? That's right. just you know, just a little mistake. But there are so many things out there that people think they know with absolute certainty. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, when you see people on the Internet, even people that you may normally believe, mm-hmm. even people that you may normally agree with, repeating things with absolute certainty, um, you should always take that with a huge block of salt. When you have absolute certainty on anything, you're usually wrong. Right. Yeah. This, you know, I mean, it is... Uh, all of these things that I observed, I mean, it, it, I saw really good reporters, and I saw really bad reporters, and I saw people on the Internet that had interesting comments, but most of the stuff that people talk about on forums, on blogs, on everything, is just so much nonsense. And you just you don't really get a, a feel for that until you're in the middle of something, in the center of something, and, and, and you observe it. Right. Well, it's kind of like the, uh, you, know, you know, people are sort of, 
anomaly hunting and you know and but they're not even anomalies they're just they just don't understand let's say how the police do something or how you know or how you're you know the the, the prosecutors do something and you know they they think that you know they think they 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 know the right way of you know what the procedure should be and then you know and then so they base their anomalies on that like you know why did the cops do this you know or you know why did these people do this and 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 you know therefore you know anomaly anomaly therefore you know conspiracy and, and here's an example of one in our case that people then brought up as evidence of a conspiracy so the defendant had purchased tear gas on the internet mm-hmm. It called clear out was the name of the brand of the tear gas and uh, why you can buy tear gas on the internet i don't know uh, but he bought tear gas on the internet and he, there ought to be a law, right? There ought to be a law. There ain't at least not in Colorado. I think some States have laws against it in the United States. At least I have no idea what it is up in Canada. Maybe you can buy it. Maybe you can't. I'm, I'm uh, no, <laughs> you never know. I don't know. So, um, you, he bought tear gas. He bought two cans. He had one can outside that he dropped and therefore was unable to use. Yeah, the other can he took in to the theater and, and deployed it. The tear gas went out and filled up the theater with tear gas. We only brought one can of tear gas into court and introduced it as an exhibit. That was the one from inside the theater that he actually was able to use. Uh, the other one that was outside we showed a photograph of, but he had people on the Internet and stuff saying, well, that just look, they only introduced, they only brought into court one can of tear gas that is some type of anomaly that means something well Mm -hmm. what it means is we didn't want to bring a full live can of tear gas into the courthouse yeah (laughs) because you know it's you know we know what's going to happen if that tear gas can goes off in the courthouse it's not going to be a pretty sight so we we didn't bring it in but again this is some anomaly Mm -hmm. that people raise as as evidence of some type of conspiracy you're absolutely right anomaly hunting Right. Yeah. Now, and I mean, it seems like in a lot of these sort of mass shootings, you know, the, the shooter ends up killing himself, whereas as this guy didn't. I mean, did that did that factor into the the conspiracy? And and why why didn't he kill himself? I mean, why did he? Well, that's a good question. I I don't really know why he didn't kill himself, except that he had no desire to ever do that, as far as I could tell. Hmm. You know, he he wasn't him. You know, he 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 wasn't all about killing himself. Uh, I I. I I can, my thought on this, my opinion, is that he really wanted to, you know, part of his enjoyment of doing this was to see the results, was to see all of the the, the hoopla hmm. that happened as a result. And right. if you're dead, you can't see that. So, I mean, that's at least my thought. That's one of the reasons why he, he didn't kill himself. He had no intention, as far as I can see, of ever doing any harm to himself. In fact... All the evidence is that he didn't, you know, want to be harmed. He went into the theater head to toe in ballistic bulletproof armor that he bought Mm -hmm. on the Internet. I mean, I think the only place on his body that was not protected by bulletproof armor were his shoes um, and, and, and the gas mask that he was wearing. Obviously, that's not bulletproof. Other than that, everything else was bulletproof. Wow. So he took enormous efforts not to get hurt. And, uh, you know, he, he staged this in such a way, just, just looking at the way he entered the theater from this exit door, uh, where he was shooting and everything. So that, you know, in a dark theater with tear gas in the air, um, with a lot of light and noise from the movie, 
you know, that just those facts alone show you that this was obviously staged in a way that no one would be able to do anything to him. So he, you know, he didn't want to kill himself. So you normally, yeah, we don't have a trial in a case mm-hmm. like this. Normally, the person is either dies, or um, by their own hand, or is shot by the police. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he was smart enough that when he saw the police coming, he he didn't have a gun in his hand. He put the the, you know, the remaining gun at his disposal down on top of the car. So the police wouldn't shoot him. When they hmm. came up to him, he put his hands up so they wouldn't shoot him. And, um, you know, he, so that's, that's why we, we, we had this situation with the trial. He also, he also sort of avoided the death penalty. Well, he didn't sort of avoid the death penalty. He did avoid the death right, penalty, yes. which is exactly what he wanted. You know, we sought the death penalty. We fought really, really hard for the death penalty. But as, as you may know, you need a unanimous jury Okay. To to impose the death penalty, you need a unanimous jury for everything. Obviously, in a criminal case, mm-hmm. but the way the death penalty law is in Colorado, if you have one juror or more than one that is unwilling to impose the death penalty, that's a life sentence. There's no hung jury on that issue. Not like you know, if if they can't decide whether the person's guilty or not, that's a hung jury. You do a new trial on the death penalty. One person can say no, and and that's you know. Um, that that's apparently what happened from talking to the jurors. And then that's another thing where conspiracy theories come up. Then you had people talking about conspiracy theories about that, that, that she was some type of plant or something like that, which is, again, just nonsense, just ridiculous. This was just a person exercising her conscience. And, you know, but then again, you have all of these people talking about conspiracy theories. But those people are doing it from a source of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, those people are doing it from a source of disappointment. And I, and, and I think that that was not even really a conspiracy theory so much as just a, a, a an expression of anger. Right, um, right. So, um, and I think if you really talk to those people, you could you could ha- have a, a rational conversation with them. In fact, I know you can. Right. They're not like the the sick, sick, disgusting people who are putting out these theories of MK Ultra, or that it's a false flag, or that it never really happened and it was some kind of staged thing. Right. Or another one out there was that the defendant had been working on a. Um, had been working on some type of biological warfare agent, you know, or something like that. Well, he, you know, because he, he was working as a graduate student in neuroscience at the university of Colorado, Denver, but he was working as a graduate student in neuroscience and the work he was doing essentially involved doing, um, uh, research on the brain cells of hamsters and germs, uh, but, you know, you have these people talking out there with absolute certainty that this was some type of biological warfare agent that, that he was involved in, and that's what caused this. You right. know, it's just, again, conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory. And frankly, to me, you know, I knew about all these conspiracy theories when the trial started. It was a big concern for me mm-hmm. because, you know, we're here selecting a jury. And, you know, if you look at statistics out there, fairly large percentage of the population in North America believes that the, you know, Kennedy was not killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm -hmm. People believe that conspiracy theory, a ridiculously large number. I mean, 1% would be a ridiculously large number, but I think it's over 10%, maybe even over 20% believe that the moon landings were some kind of staged hoax, right? right? So you have people or Obama's from Kenya or, well, yeah, I mean, but, but you know, you have that that's one that's probably held by 
a large number of people, although I'm not sure that that's a conspiracy theory. That's just a theory. I don't know what the conspiracy is there. Um, so the, the, you know, you have so many people out there that believe in these weird beliefs, that believe in these conspiracies, that I was extremely concerned when we were selecting a jury that one of them might slip in. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine what would have happened if that had occurred? Now, that didn't yeah. occur. That didn't occur. Um, so, you know, one of the things that you have to deal with is, you know, there's going to be all this stuff swirling out there. You really have to make sure you prove every possible thing you can in the case. So when we were presenting our evidence, we, we presented a very, very thorough case. Uh, not really because we we knew we didn't have any conspiracy theorists on the jury, but, you know, we, we don't know what other types of information are going to be out there. Mm-hmm. So we presented a very, very, very thorough case. And I think we did a pretty good job of keeping anybody off of the jury that might have had any type of weird beliefs. Although I got to say, I was surprised when we were doing jury selection, because, you know, we had very long questionnaires from the juries, and then we got to speak to all of them individually. Nobody, nobody out of those jurors expressed anything about, along the lines of a conspiracy theory or something like that. And I frankly would have expected some to do it just to get off jury duty. Right, okay, right. Yeah, right, you know, um, but nobody did. Wow, okay. Nobody did. So, But that was a big concern. I mean, to me, that is maybe the most real-world concern you're ever going to have about a conspiracy theory, where you're trying to select a jury in a murder case where there are multiple conspiracy theories floating around on YouTube, on Twitter, all around the Internet, mm-hmm. you know, you're and but you're selecting a jury and that you know from the community where these theories are swirling around do you have to worry about some of those conspiracy theories impacting justice and you know so that to me was a really big concern that we had and happily we did not end up having to deal with that because you know we were able to select a very good jury Right now, I mean, your your sort of experience as a uh, sort of a skeptical podcaster and kind of a, a, a skeptic, and yeah. someone obviously who's also interested in conspiracies before this this trial. Yeah, I mean, did that did that you know were you kind of the conspiracy czar on on the team, or, or was everybody else? Because because just just yeah. my, my last podcast, you know, Stuart Robbins, you know, the astronomer, like he kind of because he does these his uh, exposing pseudo astronomy podcasts, and and he ended up kind of being being kind of the conspiracy czar, you know, trying to help the team massage their language a little bit to kind of not give ammunition to all the conspiracy nuts. So, well, you know, we didn't worry about it that much, especially once the trial started. I was mostly concerned leading up to jury selection about making sure that none of that impacted our trial. So I, I tried to make myself aware as much as I could. I mean, you know, like, um, here was an ex- here was an example. Uh, there was a guy in our jail in the Arapahoe County jail okay. who made up this story about conversations he had had with the defendant. And I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want people to go buy his book. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, but he made up stories about conversations he'd had with the defendant, where and they all fit into the, one of these conspiracy theories. So, um, you know, it took us about a minute and a half to disprove. 
that, you know, that he did him speaking to the defendant because it, we just looked at the jail records and they were never even close to each other. So we knew that that hadn't happened. But he was out there. He actually appeared on a local radio show, somehow made a call from the jail and appeared on the radio. And the radio announcer believed him um, or said he might believe him. And then he wrote this book and this book was out there online. You, know, you could buy it on Amazon. You could buy it online. And uh, bought a, I, I bought a copy. <laughs> Because I, I wanted to know what, what he was saying about right. our case. I wanted to know everything out there that anybody was saying about the case. So I bought a copy and read it. Um, one of my colleagues also read it. Um, you know, it's just just something we had to do. It's like, you know, you just got to grin and bear it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, another thing I had to read was when we searched the defendant's apartment, he had a whole bunch of textbooks. He had a whole bunch of textbooks. Mm-hmm. But he had one novel. One novel in his entire apartment, and the novel had this picture on the front of it of a guy in all like a military uniform with a helmet and stuff, similar to what he looked like in mm. the theater. Although he wore all like black, dark clothing, this was more like camouflage. So I bought the, I bought a copy of that book. I read it. <laughs> uh, it was very mediocre military science fiction. It turned right, out okay. it had absolutely no connection with our case. But, you know, it's just you, you sort of have to do stuff like that. And now, you know, I would mention that book, but then someone might create a conspiracy theory about it. Yeah, no, 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 no problem. We, we don't want to create more conspiracy theories. on oh. Conspiracy skeptic, right? Yeah. Well, right. and, um, you know, like the, uh, you know, the MK Ultra angle, like, like it sort of seems that it's like, you know, um, six degrees of Kevin Bacon that I'm mean, especially in Colorado with the air force and research on nuclear weapons and all kinds of things that, that you're, you know, that if you are in academia in somehow in Colorado, you are probably a couple degree separation from somebody who is involved in DARPA, who may be involved in some intelligence work, you know, it's, oh, I don't know. I thought, I don't know. I don't know about that, Carl. We, we never had an, I think that, um, the nuclear weapons research is, is mostly done in New Mexico. Okay. At which is the next state over to the south, but it's still a different state. They did explode an atomic bomb once in Colorado. All right, all right. Uh, but that was part of something called Operation Plowshare, which was the idea that you would have the peaceful use of nuclear weapons. And so uh, they had they exploded a, a bomb in a sort of a, a gas reservoir hmm. in western Colorado and the, and the idea was and this was in the 60s the idea was it was sort of an atomic version of fracking okay right yeah it's actually not sort of that's really what it was the idea was that you would put this bomb under the ground this is going on <laughs> tangent right you put the bomb under the ground it would explode it would fracture the the subsurface right and right, that right, would right. allow the gas to come up uh, and it worked it really worked and they had a gas well because of this but the problem okay. was all Okay. All the gas was radioactive, <laughs> so, so they couldn't use it. So no, you know we we have a, there's a Lockheed Martin plant in Colorado, but I, I don't think that our universities here really do much military research. Right. Okay. Um, and you know, I think there may be a, I think CU may have a level three lab. There's certainly not a level four lab or anything like anything like that. So, um, you know, DARPA. Uh, well, I don't. <laughs> Here's a connection that was would have been interesting for conspiracy theorists to, to learn about, and I'm happy they didn't because there would have been all kinds of stuff. So my girlfriend used to work at DARPA. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> there wow. you go. There you go. What a connection. My, my girlfriend used to work uh, at the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency in, 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 <laughs> in Virginia, 
And actually, when I met her, she was working for DARPA, and then she moved out here to to be out here. So, um, yeah, there's my there, there's your there's your degree of separation from DARPA. <laughs> so you had to silence them, didn't but you? But she was a technical writer writing regulations for DARPA. Yeah, as a technical writer, let me tell you, we are not privy to anything important. <laughs> I'm I'm just lucky to be invited to lunches. I'll tell you, <laughs> man. You, you know the uh, uh, MK Ultra there. There's a Canadian connection where um, a lot of the research was done in, in here in Montreal, and um, and uh, you know talking about the you know six degrees of Kevin Bacon. The uh, I, bl- I believe the guy who ran at Montreal is Ewan Cameron or something like that, and his uh, his sort of right hand man. His daughter married one of our Canadian prime ministers, Brian Mulroney, who went on to sort of uh, institute, you know, the Canadian portion of free trade with with America. And um, so, you know, I, re- I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. So conspiracy theorists, you know, were kind of like, aha. Yeah. So, you know, Mulroney was, you know, awarded this guy's daughter for playing patty cake and da, da, da. yeah. And uh, just I mean, just weird little connections. But um and you see these people. I mean, the, I don't know. I, I remember Prime Minister Mulroney. I, 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 I know most of the Canadian prime ministers. But uh, <laughs> you are a bit of a Canadian file. I, at I least think. in my, in, at least in my lifetime. But um, <laughs> in fact, don't you have an election coming up? Uh, yes, yes, yes. You're, you're you're one of the great Canadian sympathizers in uh, in, uh, in in podcasting. American yeah, although I, I have to say I enjoyed the election coverage today because apparently some candidate for parliament had never heard of Auschwitz. Before. I know what's up with that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the kind of the progressive party, like the yes, uh... the New Democrat Party, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. who, who are all about that kind of stuff, you know. I guess it just goes to show. Well, you know, frankly, I, as I was reading the reports, I think she was just lying about never having heard of Auschwitz. I think she had, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I, either way, it doesn't look good. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. There's. You're you're right. There's all these degrees of separation, and again, it's all these things that people look for patterns. We're obviously pattern-seeking animals. Yeah. And we like to find patterns, and and you know that is part of what this whole conspiracy theory stuff is that people like to find these patterns. But the problem is they find these patterns and they won't get off of the conspiracy theory. Proof doesn't matter. Proof, you know, it just evidence doesn't matter. Everything they see, they will fit into this. Frankly, I don't even think we should call them conspiracy theories because it's a denigration of the word theory. They're really conspiracy delusions. So let's call them that. You know, you have these conspiracy delusions that nothing is going to change and it's, it's nothing's going to change their mind. I mean, how many moon hoaxers do you think you can convince that the moon landings were real? None. You know, you could take them to the moon. You could show them the, the, the landing struts that were left behind. When the the lamb took off from the moon, you could show them the equipment left behind. You could show them the footprints that the astronauts left. You could show them all of that. They would still tell you it was a fake. Yeah, and, they would and, still tell you that. And even if that one person you showed, like let's say he is the you know the 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 leader of the moon hoax, and even even if you convinced him, you know, once he got back to Earth, all of his followers would go. They got to him. Right. They got them. You yeah. Know, yeah, exactly. They wouldn't go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we were all wrong. Yeah. You exactly. know, so, so these delusional beliefs are, are just out there 
And, uh, you know, everyone should be uh, hoping that they never, <laughs> they never have to have a situation where uh, th- these delusional beliefs can impact their, their lives or, or what they're doing because they, they cause real harm. They cause real harm to victims of crime in my case. You know, they cause real harm to parents who are not going to vaccinate their children, right? They, they just cause, they cause real harm in Africa where, where, you know, people get burned for being, you know, a witch mm-hmm. or something like that. They cause real harm everywhere. And, you know, it's, it's good to bring the light of day onto this for other people. Right, because, you know, there are some people out there that are at risk for falling into this delusion trap with these conspiracy delusions. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully people like you that talk about them, if there's just one person out there that you can steer the right way so they don't form one of these conspiracy delusions, you've, you've, you've done, a, um, a, a, as my people say, a mitzvah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely the 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 fence sitters and 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 you you have to you know the people who are could tilt either way and you know you, you it's important to be there for them and and as I always say that that ultimately you know the 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 goal is not to convince people they're wrong but just to just to learn something you know that you know the uh, I mean the, the things I have learned about evolution you know debating creationists is just it, it's amazing or. You know, just you, you just learn how we know what we know, and it, it's absolutely fascinating. And 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 as long as you're in it to go, I just want to learn how we know what we know. And these conspiracy nuts ask such obtuse questions that they really do force me to, you know, challenge my own assumptions. You you you, you profit from that, but but yeah, but the, the fun and games do do stop when when someone has lost their son or their daughter. And there is some nut sort of saying, you know, you know, you're, you're, you never had a son or daughter or, you know, or they're alive, but they're, you know, they're on, they're in an underground chamber, you know, just, it just, it, yeah, it become, it, you know, the shit gets real, right? Yeah. There's no fun there. There's no, (laughs) there's no, yeah, there, there, there's, there's no laughter. There's no mirth. There's no amusement. Uh, It's just increasing people's pain. And um, yeah, it's when, when you see it firsthand, you really get you really get a point of what the whole idea of scientific skepticism is all about, and a rational worldview is all about. Uh, it is completely contrary to the delusional beliefs that these people have, and it cer- certainly strengthened my my belief in sort of a scientific way of looking at the world. And uh, but it, <laughs> I, I didn't really need much convincing anyway. Wow. Okay. And, um, you know, can you, has the case, I mean, has the case affected you? Like, I mean, you know, can you, do you have nightmares at night well, or, you know, that, that's an interesting and very perceptive question, Carl, about the nightmares. Has the case affected me? Yeah. How could it not? You know, we started the trial in January. We ended the trial in August and you know we we had like i think if you count them all our witnesses the defense witnesses in both phases of the trial well over 350 witnesses testified and many of these people were testifying about being shot mm-hmm. or being with people that were killed or losing their loved ones you know we we had a woman named Ashley Mosier who was pregnant and had her little daughter her 6-year-old daughter in a theater with her and um, I know you're you're a, you're a parent, Carl, and 
you, you know, this would really hit home for you. You know, she got shot, mm. and because of that, she had a miscarriage. And because of that, she can't ever have kids again. Wow. And her only daughter, her six-year-old daughter next to her, was shot and killed. Oh, Jesus. So, I mean, there, it really, and, and she's now, oh, by the way, a paraplegic. Um, so it really doesn't get much worse than that. I mean, that is pretty much about as bad as it is ever going to get in life. And to be a witness to her pain, to be a witness to her suffering, to have to see her in court testifying about this stuff, that changes a person. It, it can't not change you unless you're somehow um, a, a psychopath. Right. And it, it, so yeah, it, it does change you. It has to change you. Right. Um, do, I have, do I have nightmares? You know, there was a point probably about three months into the trial where I realized that every time I woke up in the middle of the night from a dream, I was dreaming about the trial. I was dreaming about the case. I think literally for three or four months, every dream that I had that I remembered, like, you know, whenever I woke up from a dream, I was dreaming about work. I was dreaming about this case. Now I dream about other things, but, um, nightmares, not so much nightmares. It was almost just like I was at work. You know, uh, it's almost like I was at work. I've never like had a nightmare of being in a theater or anything like that. Every dream I've had was about being in the middle of the trial. Um, and you know, that, that's, (laughs) it's, it's difficult. (laughs) You know, I don't want to say how difficult and hard this was. It was a lot of hard work. It was Mm -hmm. a very long trial, but I, I, I guess when I sit in court and I listen to, uh, Ashley Mosher talk about what happened to her and her daughter when there was a, a young man named Caleb Medley who was an aspiring comedian and got shot in the head and now can barely talk, cannot walk, um, and his life is completely different. When I see that, any any pain, any inconvenience that I suffered is absolutely nothing. You know, this trial compared to what they went through is a walk in the park, right. e- even a, par- a Toronto park right. in, in the summer. Now, um, yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, do you go into a public place like a movie theater or any place and go? You know, we're not safe. Or do you just view this as you know this is this is a one in a million thing? And you know, I, Rich Orman, am going to you know live and die, and this, no tragedy like this is ever going to affect me personally. No, like. Well, I tell you, the first time I went to a movie afterwards, I was staring at that exit door a lot because he right. came in through the exit door. Right. Because, uh, you know, the, like a lot of theaters, just had an exit door right next to the screen. And he went out and he propped it open with something that he created. Okay. Came back and through that exit door and goes to a movie theater here in Colorado. And, and uh, well, and, that, and now you know what happens. Uh, yes. So, yeah. And, and again, just a horrible, 12 people killed, over 70 other killed. He meant to kill 400. Uh, he, he had over 700 rounds of ammo with him. He had four guns. He meant to kill everybody in there. And there's no fun that can be had from that. Yet you have all these conspiracy delusionists who um, want to make it some kind of uh, hobby right. or something like that. They're just sick, horrible, disgusting, sorry excuses for human beings. And uh, I'm happy that I can be done with them. I, I actually do want to apologize to my listeners. Kind of at, at, at the top of this podcast, I probably sounded quite 
happy and excited and, and gleeful and obviously not because what the topic we're doing just no because you're talking to me Carl. exactly Rich. it's you know like i say that you have you been spoken in a long time yes you have been offline for quite a long time and you're 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 back with a new podcast and you know you're kind of uh you i mean not one of the original podcasters or one of the original atheist podcasters but you know you um you know, you, you you were you really kind of forged the way I think for a lot of you know sort of like atheist podcasting. Like I listen to things like uh, cognitive dissonance, and I'm like, yeah, you know, the stuff you were doing, you know, in 2006, you know, they're they're kind of doing today, and not not to knock cognitive dissonance, but you know, you're you're kind of doing all that stuff, you know, years ago, and uh, it's just it's just it's just really nice to kind of have this case done, and and you know, you're you're kind of back and into I'm back our and, world, yeah. yes. And actually, uh, this this weekend, I'm hoping to record a podcast with my brother, um, who had, yeah, Rob, who was one of the regulars when I had my old podcast. Um, he has a podcast, and uh, he's going to appear on mine. And frankly, that may be my greatest achievement to podcasting, as I sort of got Rob into it. Yes, yes. And then he actually figured out a way to make a living at it. So, oh, well, really? Yeah. Yeah. So he does he he turned it into continuing medical education stuff that he does right yes yes and I, so I, he does he does a medical podcast er er cast yes er cast yeah. yeah so well carl it's been nice speaking to you and um if you have any questions you know where to find me okay and uh to your listeners i would just like to say supreme court briefing all right that's uh, supreme court briefing.com you can subscribe on itunes if you type in supreme court i think it's like one of the first two things that shows up now Okay. So Supreme Court briefing, cool. <laughs> new okay. podcast out there. Yeah. I, can, I need listeners. Please right. subscribe. And, and I, I know you got to run, but I just got to ask what your 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 other co-host, um, Flynn. Uh, Flynn, what, what what's up with Flynn? Just, Flynn's a judge now. Oh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> no, it's true. Flynn is a judge. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. He is now the Honorable Flynn Owen, the right honorable. Uh, district court judge in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> Okay. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to get him on the show on my new podcast. I'm gonna try to get him on in a month or so. So, if any of you out there remember Rob, you remember Flynn, yeah. go go subscribe to Supreme. Court. I know it's this is like a plugarama, right? Um, go subscribe to Supreme Court Briefing. You'll you'll get your fill. Great, super. Okay, all right. Th- thanks a lot, Rich, for 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 coming on. Good night and uh, oot in the boot there. Uh, be, you know, have a good election. You know it, eh? Okay. Bye. Right. Good night.